Hey everybody! Welcome to the in between again. This is take, this is take two. This is take two. We we did all like um I mean a good I half of the podcast. Yeah, before, fifteen solid minutes. Yeah, fifteen minutes before we realized that we weren't recording. Um, yeah, which that's on, that's on me is is an epidemic that's happening because we didn't record Sunday either. We had to pull that off the yeah. live stream, which was anyway. Wait, the Sunday service got pulled? It we no, not pulled. We we on the Sunday service we forgot to record it locally. And we had to oh, go I back and yeah. take it off of the live stream in order to have it for our records and to be able to post it other places. It that's all technical stuff y'all don't need to worry about at all. But it is kind of funny that it's happened now twice in one week. Yes, um, and you think after a year, and you think after a year. <laughs> exactly. we, oh yeah, speaking all of all the things <laughs> that we talked about. Now I got to remember this is we have we have been doing this for a year. Now there haven't been fifty-two episodes because we've uh, we've skipped a few weeks along the way. But I think this is our forty-ninth, forty-ninth episode. So only three weeks—that's crazy. Wow! Um, but the eighteenth was something the, free for fifty. Yeah. Do we get something free for the fiftieth episode? Do we get something free, or are we giving yeah, something we're free? To give away. Give something. Oh, away. we're supposed to give away something free. Well, some kind of giveaway. I've got some week. guitar picks and some paper clips that I would right. love to give to somebody. <laughs> Um, for listening to all 50 episodes of what we've done here. We can do a quiz or something. Um, but it's kind of crazy to think about this being um, a year-long uh, pursuit. So that's that's pretty fun. Um, and then, you know, what that means is that we've been dealing with COVID for a little over a year, which is also amazing. Amazing. Mm-hmm. It seems like it's been more than one year, but that's how this goes. Man. And if you've been following along with us, you know that we've gone through a whole lot of different things. Now, we've just been, you know, going through Nehemiah. Yeah. Yep. And so we've done two weeks of Nehemiah. Uh, yeah, of, of guest speakers. Man, they've been good. Stephen and uh, Wayne both did fantastic jobs. Um, and and I'm I'm just so grateful uh, for the community of not only Bible believing but Bible teaching. Uh, you know, am I supposed to jump in? Was this partners this and this no partners yeah. and fellow? Yeah, this, yeah, this is, is your force. Hey, hey, speaking of speaking <laughs> of guest speakers, um, this this was really uh, actually not very organic the first time around. No, it wasn't. So, uh, intentionally, <laughs> the second so, time it's even worse. It's even worse. <laughs> hey, speaking of, you know who our third guest speaker was going to was scheduled to be, or we were trying to make work. No, no who? who? <laughs> It was Jim Dennison, and uh, Dr. Dennison was going to come in, but then uh, for COVID reasons, he couldn't. Oh, okay. Speaking, since 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 someone brought up Dr. Dennison. Oh, who brought up Dr. Since Dr. someone uh, brought him up, I would I might mention as well that uh, his are the article that was on the webpage yesterday, and that he referenced in his podcast today by some guy named Mark Legg. How about that? I I don't know who that is. Yeah, Mark Legg. So he Mark wrote a, an article. Apparently, this will about probably sex. be the last time that we are going to reference Mark Legg as Chris Legg's son. That's right. We switch <laughs> From now on, it will be Chris Legg is Mark Legg's dad. Or, Chris, yeah, yes, Mark Legg's Chris is dad. Mark Legg's dad. Well, wow, that's easy for you to say. Wow, it was not. <laughs> that was a really painful. I don't. That went much better the first time around. Nope. Um, so, yeah, we. Uh, uh, I I was saying I figured. You know, I, I was going to pull up my webpage about how many total hits in my entire existence of having a webpage. Yeah. It's probably less than one dwarfed day. by less than, than what Mark has now had clicked on. 
because of Denison's outreach. Because he's the main article on that page. Not only That's was right. he referenced in the uh, um, podcast, podcast, called the podcast. Referenced, yeah, oh, yeah. He's referenced in the podcast, but he's also the main article on the Denison Forum. If you have not checked out the Denison Forum, <laughs> please go look at it because uh, Dr. Denison does a great job. Are we going to make any jokes this time about the fact that it's an article about sex? <laughs> sure. I, we can definitely make those jokes that we've already made. That's right. Now three times. They were they were really funny the first time. Oh, my goodness. And even though he's not going to be teaching in Nehemiah, you did say he'll be joining us when we're in doing First, first Peter. Peter. That is correct. That is the plan. Jim Dennison, not Jim Mark. Dennison. Oh, yeah, sorry. I mean, That's what I gosh, mean. if Mark keeps getting famous at this rate, we may want him to come. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. We could interview him on the podcast. Um, and then Dude, that'd could, be fun. And then he could preach. He had a podcast before we did, by the way. He was hosting a... Mark did? Uh-huh. That's four. awesome. Three Sticks and a Brick was the name of it. I'm sorry? Yeah, that was the name of it. It was four skinny guys, and then they would all at the end decide which of them had been the brick during the whole episode. Oh, okay. It was... I mean, it lasted three... I don't remember, four or five episodes, maybe. It was interesting. I mean, I know they're <laughs> sticks. You're, you're <laughs> yeah, much more stick-like yeah, than I am yeah, now. Yeah, not even. I'm the brick. <laughs> Great. I'm definitely not a stick. Yeah, I was going to say. We're, <laughs> Paul, Paul may be. Log. Yeah, exactly. Three bricks go. and a stick. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, okay. He'll be joining us, you said, for First Peter 4. Yeah, which could, of course, we, we could have be no years. I mean, who knows how long it'll take <laughs> to get through I'm First so, Peter. I'm already... I, I don't know. I know you guys know this, and we don't want to get sidetracked. This. I, I do get intimidated starting a new book. I do. The thought of preaching through some of this stuff is... And I hope I don't ever get over that. I mean, I hope that always kind mm-hmm. of intimidates me. Like, I'm about to teach First Peter. Peter's letter to... Christians, believers scattered around the Greek world, and I'm about to try to teach that to the church. And and I read like the word Peter and go, oh well, there's a sermon. There's 35 minutes, Peter, an apostle. Up oh, there's 35 minutes. There's a sermon right there, and a Peter, an apostle. That's two Sundays. Like, I, and I'm not kidding. Like, I don't know how to do that better. The good news is I have had several of the leaders in our church say, take take your time. If it takes three years to get through First Peter, it takes three years. That's no one seems to complain. I guess that's because people who complain they go, they go somewhere else. Go to yeah. church. Like, <laughs> we, warned, we warned you. <clears throat> exactly. We I'm not, warned you. I'm not listening to any complaints. Not yeah. The same thing is that there aren't any. I'm just not listening. To but it. I think it's an appropriate weight <laughs> to feel, you know, when we're handling the word when we're preparing for any Sunday. Right. And I know that we're feeling that weight, especially right now. <laughs> right. This Sunday is Palm Sunday. And then wow, the Sunday after that is Easter. That snuck up on us. The Easter bash is this Saturday. The Easter bash wow. bash is this Saturday. That's amazing. Um, I you know amazing isn't the word that I was going to use. I was thinking more terrifying. Mm-hmm, but, that too. Um, but this Sunday we get to uh, finish up our our three weeks in Nehemiah, yep. and we're going to finish up with with uh, some guest speakers that we've never had before. Of, <laughs> Paul and Chris. Check. Fact Chris check. and Paul. False. Okay. We've had them before. They've been here before. I mean, how many times have you all preached together? I don't know. <laughs> we were just talking about it. I know, but I was the first time around. We talked <laughs> Everything about. we just said, we were just talking about. <laughs> Something right. about six to eight. We're, we are no more confident the second time we said it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I still don't it. know. Um, a few. A few times. And a we've done times. it. Now, Paul and I have team taught. taught for, it feels like, a long, long time. We've had lots mm-hmm. of chances to do that. And it's not, it's really easy for us. That's yeah. one of the cool things. It's really easy to get on stage and um, defer to one another. And so it's really, it's, I love the picture of it. I really do. You've got so. the comedian and the straight man thing. <laughs> yeah, the good cop, bad cop. That's good cop, bad cop. Um, 
it actually it actually goes back to what we used to teach young guns about paintball. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. if if Paul in paintball, if Paul told me to hit the dirt, I did. It didn't or org chart didn't matter in that moment. Like no. it was like it didn't make any difference. I trust him. But if I said the same thing, go take that tree, Paul doesn't go, wait, what? That looks really dumb. He I just, was in charge. Yeah, exactly. So it's that still applies. It's 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 cool to see. I really I really love doing it. I love team teaching with other people. I I love it. And when it's someone who I know and love and respect, it's easy for me. Yeah. And I and I've loved just hearing about Nehemiah in a sermon context that's not Hey, we're starting a building capital campaign. <laughs> oh, hey, oh, hey, man. So, I think this is good. <clears throat> Speaking of. Um, <laughs> exactly. Oh, Paul, one of the things you. we're going to talk about on you. Sunday is. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, no, we're not. Um, no, but it, I, again, I, I think <clears throat> that this was very apt and very, very great for the way that uh, Stephen handled it, looking at the character of Nehemiah, yep. the way Wayne handled and it. And leading. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yep. And the way Wayne handled it, speaking of our response to God's character, yes. the remember, the focus. Yes, I mean, Hesed. That, that was th- those Shema two together. Hesed. Shema Hesed mm-hmm. to share with the gear. Yeah, the gear. Yeah. Yeah, that's and pretty I, deep. And again, I think those two combined, I mean, I, I think wraps up well the uh, overall message of Nehemiah um, in, in its communication. I think <laughs> so it, we're going to take also, this Sunday off? Well, no, and I think it's also fascinating <laughs> we're doing it this Sunday, especially on, like you said, Palm Sunday, looking forward to Easter. Yes. Because really, in Nehemiah, as well as probably Esther and Ezra, mm-hmm. there's not much explicit messianic hope. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. There's not, Nehemiah doesn't have a strong mm. presentation of a messianic hope. Right. Now, he has a very strong faith demonstration, yeah. right. both both in word and then, as we see, in deed, and mm-hmm. we see in action, I yep. mean, 52 days, yep. that clearly is a, a relying on God's faithful love faith. Right. Yeah. And so it's probably no doubt that Nehemiah is, is depending on God for his salvation oh, or for a messianic absolutely. solution, but it's not a clear cut presentation of it. Right. Um, straight out. And again, I would say that was true of Nehemiah and also the contemporaries of Ezra mm-hmm. and in Esther. And so you probably don't run into it until Zechariah, who again in the contemporaries puts these prophecies during the same time towards this messianic hope. So it's as far as in the the time frame of all these contemporaries, it is present in the prophecies, but not necessarily in these narratives. So it'll be kind of fun to do that on a uh, on a Palm Sunday where we look at a story, and then again we're knowing when we look back, there's mm-hmm. a lot of clear typology yeah. and symbolism that's being put forward. So okay, so you, I'll have to go back and look. You said. I'm sure this has been done a million times, and I'm probably actually referencing back. 52 days to build the wall. Uh, yeah, I said that. I think that's is right. That right? <laughs> I'm pretty sure it is, because I think I remember the significance of... Yeah, it is right. ...from the crucifixion to Pentecost is 52 days. Hmm. So from Easter from Easter to Pentecost is 50 days. Because it's 50 days from the... Um, or 49 days, 7-7s seven, seven, yeah, seven from the resurrection. Pentecost is 50, 50 days, but that's the thing is, right? That's the church doing it that way. I think what's the what is the Pentecost Jewish festival? Is it called Pentecost too? I feel like it may be. Anyway, so the, it adds one day because it's a Sunday to a Sunday, right? 49. So it's forty nine days plus the day to plus get to the Sunday. Day. It's 
the day after the 49th day, right. I guess. So, so it is 50 day. days. I know in the church calendar, it's 50 days from Easter to Pentecost. Yeah. What I don't know is uh, the Jewish, we'll have to look that up for the Jewish, there, I thought so. It's the Jewish Feast of Pentecost. Because Pentecost means five. So the, the five, 50 days. Man, we're making this up as we go. No, I, I remember that being significant, and I'm sure that I have been taught that, that the the way the numbers work is significant. The 52 days of Nehemiah's building the wall is not insignificant when it comes to no messianic stuff. And so I've got to... But, but Nehemiah is certainly one of the many. We've talked about the Messiah figures, mm-hmm. and there's no doubt Nehemiah is one of the messianic figures. Um, anyway, we'll we'll check that. We'll have that by, by, by Sunday. I'll have that clarified how that works. But yep. man, so when we talk about our church coming out of exile, because that's what I want to do Sunday is talk about how what we've heard in Nehemiah and what we've read in Nehemiah, in addition to what we've heard, how it applies to us. And I don't want to. Oh, I don't want to stretch it mm. <laughs> like like with capital campaigns. Yeah, right. I don't want to stretch it, but there certainly are some patterns of Nehemiah like. Everybody's got to do their part. There's a lot of hard work to be done. Change is coming. Yeah. But, I mean, kind of, aren't you're not reaching to apply those to us. No. Kind of, obviously, we're not actually coming out of exile. Let's, let's, look, let's right. clear that up. We're not actually, but it's been a version, a weird version of exile. In fact, we may be going into exile to some degree over the next few years as the Christian church in America. But, but the, uh, but there's enough patterns there. There's enough, uh, mirroring kind of stuff, yeah. Um, they, that I think is there. You definitely have this indifferent <coughs> multitude that stands as the majority, right? And I think we can relate to. I mean, we, we've talked about mm. even in the worship that there is. It's not these aren't probably celebrated light times of mm. human flourishing in social justice and no. purity and in loving each other. So no, I think I think there are dark times there um, that we see. Then Nehemiah and these few that respond to him, uh, walking walking in this faith, disloyal to probably all the pitfalls that the world has to offer, and staying loyal to God mm. despite all the opposition with it. So I think there's yeah there's a lot of one to one tie-ins. Yeah, I agree. Well, that'll be good for us to talk about from that perspective too. And then, I mean, it was it struck me as I was reading through Nehemiah for this preparation. <coughs> Sorry, still a little. Under the weather here, traveling does that to me. Um, the, uh, um, I'm amazed by the level of hard work. Like my favorite section mm-hmm. in Nehemiah actually is the list of all the people who do their their section of the wall. Mm. I just I just think there's such gold in that. It's just amazing to consider. Um, I mean, I think I think what we talked about with uh, in Nehemiah, kind of four through six, the whole. Uh, you know, he's wrestling through. I, I love maybe the number one after reading through Nehemiah, the number one connection between Nehemiah and Daniel that stands out to me is the way that God is there, is the protagonist of the story to both of them. Mm-hmm. Yep. I will confess I had never noticed the phrase, remember me, or remember this kind of God thing. Because mm. I do think, I think in addition to what Wayne was saying, I, I do think, and we just talked about judgment, I think there is a little bit of, hey, when judgment comes, God, don't don't forget this part. I mean, I know there's probably going to be plenty to go. Oh, Nehemiah, that that was bad. But when you mention that, could you also mention the time that I set aside all the wood to be donated to the temple and 
Just don't forget that part, too. And <clears throat> I agree with Wayne. It's not because he's insecure. It's not because he's afraid. It's not because he's prideful. It's not because he's arrogant. It's like saying, hey, I, I put on the toilet paper roll. You told me to do it, and I, and I did it. Don't don't forget that. Like, that matters. Don't don't let that slip out. Or I don't, I don't mean not letting literally. himself forget that. Yeah. Because the, the way, I that's part of focusing. <clears throat> I'd never thought about the wood. I have read that. The Nehemiah I set up wood donations. I did not tell him to say that. <laughs> oh, about had a lot of people booth. being like, booth. hey, yeah, John. John. Good yeah. plant. Yeah, well, it, well, yeah. Can't believe you got him to put that. I was, I was like, I did not. Set up the AV. It never happened. A trust for the AV. Trust for the trailer. AV upgrades. <laughs> Just I, saying. I had read about Nehemiah donating wood, and I was like, eh, yeah. that does not seem impressive. Like, uh, and? And... But there's a huge deal. Think how much wood they had to eat. When Wayne yeah. mentioned I was like, well, yeah, Chris, you know, think about it for a second. Think about how much wood would be necessary to, for all those. I mean, you're talking about, we've we've mentioned how much blood happened in, yeah. on the Passover and stuff like that. I mean, how much blood would be running down to the yeah. uh, Kidron Valley um, for Passover. Like, that's, and all that's burned. And all that has to be burned. I mean, that's... Yeah crazy to think how much wood that would be and i love that nehemiah is i mean no one wants to give to the wood no one wants to donate for the wood they want to donate for the gold thing that's up front that has a plaque yeah. on it no one wants to donate for the everybody wants wood. the new building right nobody wants the soundboard that's exactly or right. the parking lot that's right or the parking lot <laughs> right no one wants to donate to the we're moving the septic yeah field oh right. man and so that's a but someone but but again what stands out to me someone built the dung gate yeah. For example. Mm-hmm. And how would you like to have your name on the... Dungate. That's what we need to put as plaques on the toilets. Yeah. <laughs> this toilet given by... There you go. This church is just ornery enough. I bet people would do it. People would do it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I want to be remembered yeah. for this. My toilet that I donate is going to have a bidet. Well, our our, <laughs> our, our righteousness is like Suckers. filthy rags. We just kind of... Yeah, no, toilet we, paper. Just, we, we do something like that. Like, this, to- yeah, or, or order a even, whole roll of toilet yeah, paper. As long as it's go. over. Or Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or you just put it over the dispenser. And That's right. And this person yeah, did that. I have to totally agree with Wayne on that, by the way. Yeah. He was, it's that o- was, oh, it, man, the, absolutely. The, whatever, the patent says over. It says over. It, it just is. <laughs> anyway. Um, I don't know why this is an argument. Um I what think else, that, that all out? that's in, incredibly <laughs> important. Um, I think I think uh, chapter nine where it talks about people acknowledging their sin before God. Um, we it, Wayne mentioned I, it with the with the rededicating even of the Levites. Like this mm-hmm. this is incredibly important for us to not be like. I mean, look, we're coming out of this time of when we everything was having to be different. And how fantastic! It's like let's let's do business real quick and. Remember that we 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 didn't handle this well on so many levels. I mean, I know I didn't. Um, I was there. Were, there were my the laziness and selfishness that existed inside of me before was on full display um, in a lot of ways in, mm. inside of this time and and understanding like we 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 have to. It it would be to our detriment if we did not take this time to uh, acknowledge our sin and to repent from it. Yeah, not just say that it happened, but repent from it. And that's how he starts off in the very 
first chapter in his first prayer in verse seven is, I mean, he's, yes. he's acknowledging that they're disobeying the Mosaic law and his people are wrong. Yep. And I think that's his key. Mm. One of the key principles to this concept of why he can then say, remember, because what then he is proclaiming is he's, recla- he's reminding God of his promise of God's promise. It's not Nehemiah's right. word. It's still God's promise that he will restore his people if they repent. I mean, that was, again, <laughs> Wayne did a great job hearkening back to the Deuteronomic passages. Right. You couldn't look at 30 and understand that then. Yeah. There's a clear command of how this works, that God has promised to restore their people to their land if they repent. Mm. And to have to have that side of like, there's no false measure of, Hey, look at the good things. So you don't remember the bad things or, you know, Hey, here's, here's where I've earned favor in this. And now you must give me this. It's no, it's we we've sinned. We've, we've done this wrong. We've forgotten your law and, we're desperate for you to remember us yeah. in your promises to restore us if we repent. And so, that's the call to repent. Here's Yeah, and here's a here's a question that I have for y'all. Because this I started thinking about this after Wayne uh, mentioned the difference between um, empathy and uh, compassion. That empathy um, is, it's not a bad thing. Empathy is not bad. Um, but empathy in and of itself, but it can be a bad thing. Yeah, it's like it can, fairness. It can be misused. Right. Um and how even if we're, even if it's not an appropriate time for us to uh, be empathetic, that compassion still needs to be there. Yeah, like we we need mm-hmm. to be able to be compassionate to everyone else. And I we don't have time to go into everything um, uh, in in terms of um, breaking that down a little further. Hopefully, we will do that sometime. I think that would be worthwhile. Um, for, for a lot of people to, to talk about the difference. Um, but one of the things that popped out to me inside of this was it, um, as, as someone who is, it is my desire. Um, I, I want to be merciful. Is it possible to be merciful to somebody when they're not asking for mercy? Oh, sure. And what does that mercy look like? So there's two questions involved with that. I think the first one is obviously like, yes, you can be merciful to someone who's not asking for mercy, mm-hmm. but mercy may not look like what you expect it to look like in that moment. Um, Cause God is merciful. Oh yeah. And he's merciful to send his people into exile. Yeah. He's not, not merciful in that moment. Do you, do you remember um, Amanda Jeter? Y'all remember yeah, Amanda mm-hmm. Jeter? Absolutely. That's not her last name anymore, but Armstrong. There you go. So she was a mama Ruth and her gifting is like yours is mercy. Yeah. And she talked about after being a mama Ruth, a very intense discipleship role over Mm -hmm. her young ladies, realizing the merciful thing was to teach these girls how to face challenges and suffering with poise and grace, which means she had to put them in situations to face challenge and struggle and suffering. Right. And to not do so was unmerciful. Right. And so that's a, it's like gentle, Right. You you have to show some force to be gentle. Yeah, the the appropriate the level correct of amount. Force. Yeah, but I think that's when when we talked when he said that. Yeah, the the sim, the simple version, and that's a big thing to unpack in a sermon, no doubt. Yeah, <coughs> when you don't really have time to, but uh, the the truth is, we we our natural tendency in America is to want to define something being good or bad based on how I feel, or empathetically based on how somebody else feels. And yeah. that's not that's not a good way to guide moral decision making. Yeah, um, it's not it's not meaningless. If I'm in an intimate relationship or in a friendship, I need to engage with how you feel or whatever. But at the same time, I need to as, even though I need to know how you feel, I need to experience how you feel 
That's not how you make a moral decision. If I have to draw the line for a couple in the church and say, you, you can't join because you're living together and you're not married. Yeah. Well, that doesn't feel good to me or them. I don't, right. I don't want to do that. They don't want me to do that. It's going to give them bad feelings, and I'm going to feel bad because they have bad feelings. And yet, it's still the morally right stance. And so that allows me to do it. The empathy maybe encourages me to try to do it gently or compassionately, but it is not compassionate to encourage someone to embrace a lifestyle that is not going to draw the blessings of God for their relationship. Mm-hmm. So you're, we want to have God bless our relationship, but we're living in direct defiance to him. I am not being loving or compassionate to allow them to do that without commenting or confronting it. I could be empathetic and yes. let them and let them still do it. Yeah. If I was only empathetic, I would let them live in that sin. And your your empathy should have a direct cause in how you in then direct. present your compassion. Right. So it still has a role. It's just it isn't the moral compass. It yeah. isn't the defining factor. Maybe we'll get to this in a couple months and can unpack it deeper, but in 1 Peter 3:8 uh, it says, finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love. And then here's kind of where this, I think, empathy plays into it. A tender heart and a humble mind. Yeah. But do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, bless for to this you were called that you may obtain a blessing. Mm. And that kind of that notion of can you still give even if you don't receive? And apparently here, we're actually even supposed to bless commanded right and we explicitly when we don't receive yeah when we're getting paid evil we don't pay back evil yeah we pay back blessing but we do so with this sympathy brotherly love tender heart humble mind and i think that key to how you present that what you know is true this blessing that's going out even if you don't feel that way it has to be balanced by that that tender heart that humble mind yeah really good I'm looking forward to um, Sunday. I'm looking forward to everything that um, uh, y'all are going to get to unpack inside of how we get back involved and and how we do this as a church. In the meantime, be encouraged.